Anytime I see a story on football, I have to remind myself to take my current state of fandom out of it. You see, as a Jaguars fan, it's been a rough year already. This was supposed to be the year of Trevor Lawrence earning his stripes in the NFL. Urban Meyer was supposed to be the CEO leader and NFL owner needs. Now we got a 22-year-old quarterback who's more responsible and intelligent than a head coach. I'm not going to gross you out with the details. Just know it's not fun, Bob. Being a Jaguars fan is not fun right now. So now that you know the backstory of my fandom, or just a really a small part of it, you'll understand why my voice in this episode still sounds somewhat optimistic. I recorded this before the Jaguars started the season winless, and Urban Meyer, our head coach, decided to, well, let's just say that there's a reason why he's left so many football programs suddenly. Blythe Brumley with DigitalDispatch.io here, and as a former sports broadcaster, one thing has always rang true for me. I love game day. I love it. It's a chance to see my football family, dress up in my team's gear, tailgate with my dad and best friends, and then hope by a 1 p.m. kickoff that God doesn't hate my team today. And it turns out, the intricacies of game day, aka the logistics of it all, is a pretty fascinating deep dive. Not just for the game's state side, but what it takes to have a whole last team travel to London each year. Something a Jaguars fan knows uh, very well, let's just put it that way. So I need you guys to send some good vibes to my Jaguars in hopes they can turn it all around. But until hell freezes over, enjoy this deep dive into the logistics of the NFL. But we have spent a lot of time on the tech side of things, talking tech throughout this entire episode. So let's switch gears a little bit because I don't. if you're listening to the audio version um, and not watching video, I am actually dressed in my Jaguars regalia. I think that's the proper way to, to use that. The Jaguars play tonight against Cincinnati. Um, so I thought it would be fun to do another one of our deep dives into the logistics of, and we're doing the logistics of the NFL. Um, so I found a bunch of videos uh, online, courtesy of the NFL, and also the Chargers um, have put out a couple really good videos too. But they break down the process of what goes, what is all involved with an NFL game day, and it was a lot more intricate than I thought that it would be. So I'm going to go ahead and and start kick off. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Let's kick off this conversation um, with a quote from one of the culinary chefs on NFL game day. And he said that if we have a Sunday game, it starts on Monday. And when he says it, he's referring to planning the food for game days. And that is just simply it's one piece of the puzzle when it comes to the logistics of the NFL. And so while I was researching the logistics of the NFL, not to you know drink every time I say that phrase, but there were some surprising factoids that made me appreciate all of the intricacies within the league. So shout out to the NFL YouTube channel and the Chargers for dropping some great BTS of what is going on in and around game day that we as fans, when we're sitting in the stands or when we're watching at home on TV, we don't notice these things that much. So I want to share with you a few of my favorites. So the first one is food. So let's cover food. That's usually one of the most important parts or aspects of a game day. And for the logistics of the food on NFL game day, they said deliveries are scheduled for late on Mondays and all day on Tuesday. The culinary team gets started on Wednesdays after they get all of their shipments in, especially planning for the club and the box seats. Those are usually the ones that get the best food. The rest of us peons, we get the chicken and we get the pizza and we get the burgers, which are uh, they're, they're, they're pretty good too, depending on where you go to eat your food. Um, now for earlier kick 
kickoffs, like 1 p.m., the culinary team will actually start prepping at 3 a.m. on game days. So they start planning on a Wednesday, and then they actually start prepping the food at at 3 a.m. on the game day itself. Now, weather also affects their, their game day planning as far as food is concerned, because if you think about it, if it's cold, you always have gloves on, so you're not going to eat nachos. I thought that that was interesting that that goes into play whenever they're they're planning food on what to order and supply and demand and all that good stuff. Now, if it's hot, water bottles and ice become a top supply need. Now, speaking of the weather, especially for stadiums that have real grass like Green Bay, Jacksonville also has real grass. That's one of our, our few W's that we have on the board here, currently windless. Uh, but you have to, with a place like Green Bay, it gets so cold and you have to manipulate the good growing conditions year round. So we're going to put a graphic up that is actually what the Green Bay field is made up of. They did the, a really big renovation a couple years ago, and they said that sand is hauled in and laid down on several layers of tubing. This tubing circulates antifreeze that helps to keep the field warmer, and it's powered by boilers within the stadium itself, or broilers, I guess is what the, probably the right name, not boilers. The field is not actually boiling. Um, but they also built this system accordance with the sun patterns. The north end zone gets the sun when the south end zone doesn't. So they supplement the lack of sunlight with grow lights that are on the field when the players obviously aren't playing on the field. So if you're looking at this image, you see a bunch of different farm grow lights, industrial size grow lights that are on the field. And they're specifically on one more side of the field than they are on the other side of the field. Now, switching gears a little bit to the broadcast side of the logistics of the NFL, the broadcast team puts together a minute-by-minute, sometimes seconds, game script. This game script is created for every single game day, and then that script gets submitted to the NFL, and it's either approved or denied. Now, the video team operates 12 cameras on a game day, eight are manned, four are unmanned, and then fireworks also play a role in the timing for player intros and touchdowns. That's probably where the second-by-second game script is coming into play. And if you're looking at the screen, you can see just a small sample of what the game script actually looks like. And this was created just a couple years ago, um, but a lot of teams will use this similar format and watching the videos. And I linked to that video as well as all of the other guests and, and, and stories that we've talked about on the show within the show description. So be sure to check that video out. But fireworks play a huge role because it's the timing for the intros and the touchdowns. They prep for only six touchdowns a game. So if the home team scores more, they don't get any more fireworks. We've never had that problem in Jacksonville. Uh, Maybe one day we will have that problem. Uh, But on the equipment side of things, and and also for the Tom Brady haters and Nicki Minaj fans, there's a special machine to measure the inflation levels of NFL balls. There's 12 primary balls and there's 12 backup balls, and they have to be inspected by each team a couple of hours before kickoff in order to make sure that no one is pulling any funny business. Now, for as far as the sideline tech, which I thought was pretty cool, there are two technical trucks on the field, one for team communication and then one for the Microsoft Surface comms. Now, another tech rep that just walks around the field monitoring frequencies, he makes sure that no one else on the field can interrupt that frequency. A lot of times if uh, with sports complexes, they have stadiums within the area. Um, They may have other performing acts going on. There was a situation, I think an example of uh, Madonna was in town doing a concert and her, when she was doing her little practice run before the concert, 
her comm system was interrupting an NFL comm system. So if you could imagine being a coach on the sidelines during an NFL game and hearing Madonna in your ear, I think that that's an interesting technical challenge that you have to actually solve. But concert rehearsals, concessions, um, asking, you know, ice cream is out at this stand. We need to get a refill or, you know, barbecue sauce is out over here. Somebody please get it. Like that's not the kind of stuff that an NFL coach wants to hear on the sideline. So is that there's a guy specifically walking around in order to make sure that no other frequencies are interrupting the, the conversations between uh, people up in the booth, people up in the box, um, refs communicating back and forth with each other with the league. So there's a guy that specifically walks around just to monitor frequencies and speaking of the tech, the technical staff all on the field notice look for this next time they're all organized by the color of their hat so like a yellow hat oversees coach to coach communication uh, an orange hat handles coach to player communication purple manages the microsoft surface sideline viewing system blue is network technicians and then the gray is for a football technology rep um only and i thought that this was also interesting too that only team medical staff are the only ones on the field that can use cell phones and all of this game day production it doesn't just happen in the u.s you also have to think about the international series because it's not a jaguars game day unless the london is mentioned in some capacity and i'm gonna have a little bit of attitude when i talk about that because i don't like the london series but i'm gonna talk about the logistics of it because it's kind of fascinating um so let's talk about the logistics planning that takes upwards of a year to solidify just for the london games and if you're watching on the screen right now you can see a container that is placed outside of an NFL stadium where an equipment manager is loading up all of the different supplies that their team is going to need in the future whenever they do play over in London. So the LA Rams was the example that the NFL used that has a great breakdown of their process. So three months, yes, three months before kickoff, a shipping container is sent from LA to New York City. And that container includes things like nutritional items, hydration items, medical supplies. It's essentially a walking hospital that can't travel via air. So it can't go by plane. It has to go by container and it has to go by ship. Also in that container is practice equipment, uh, generators for electricity, dry goods, and condiments, which will come into play, um, especially when you, you think about the players that are over there and they're not necessarily used to London food and they want some, you know, some, some comfort food from home. So condiments are another thing that are shipped over there. And they put this all in a container, goes over to New York. And then from New York, it goes on a ship and then it gets loaded onto the ship and headed over to London. Now, for the most important shipments to be made, obviously the players who usually start a... They, so with the players in general, they're not going over there, obviously, three months in advance. But what the NFL tries to do is they try to set up the schedule to where the team plays away. And when the team plays away, so let's use LA, for example, LA played in Atlanta. So they played against Atlanta on a Sunday. They're going to, those players are going to stay in Atlanta. They're going to stay there for three days. So their bodies can get used to changing of the time zones. So once they stay in LA for a few, or once they stay in Atlanta for a few days, then after the game is over, it's usually like a Tuesday or a Wednesday that they will then fly directly to London. And then that way their body is acclimating more to the time zone change quicker. And as soon as they get off the plane in London, what they'll do is they'll fly 
all night. So obviously they're, they're kind of hoping that the players are going to sleep all night. And so when they fly all night, they immediately get off the plane and they go right to practice because they want, they don't want their players like going to sleep or taking a nap. Um, they want to get them right into the normal, you know, habits of, of a, of a normal game week. Uh, usually coaches and players, they're creatures of habit. And so getting that first workout in, they found over the years of playing that that is a great way to, to help the players get acclimated much, much quicker. Now, we mentioned earlier with the food that's being uh, it's a big obstacle as far as uh, accommodating the players whenever they come over. So they work with the the NFL teams will work with chefs over wherever the the players are staying. They'll work with those hotel chefs in order to make sure that they're making more American style food instead of London based food. And now finally, the equipment that arrives nine days before the game. And that's usually around the time that players will start to travel to uh, to their London game as well as nine days ahead of time. It's an additional twenty five thousand pounds of cargo that's flown overseas. And it includes cleats, helmets, technology, um, iPads, jerseys, not iPads, actual pads that the jerseys wear, um, uh, jerseys, practice equipment, things like that. So that's all shipped over nine days in advance. That's not including the, the container that was shipped over three months in advance. So it's all of these intricacies that are coming into play. And it really is. It's like a Broadway show that's been organized down to the second. And it comes together every day or every Sunday or Monday or Thursday, depending on when your team is playing all in the fall. And it's my favorite sport. Um, I'm sure if I speak for a lot of other people when I say that it's their favorite sport as well. So it was interesting to dive into uh, the logistics of the NFL and how uh, our careers in this space play a role within that space as well. hope you enjoyed that episode of the digital dispatch podcast if you like what you heard consider sharing it with a friend podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself so word of mouth goes a long way you can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleave, and I will see you real soon.